0: Well, it is a delight to have our special guest with us. Uh, Charlotte Gamble is here with us this weekend, preaching for the weekend services and for Sisterhood. That's really the reason she came. So ladies, you do not want to miss that on Sunday night. But uh, it's the first time that she's brought her family with her. So it's great to have her husband, Steve. They pastor an amazing church called Life Church in England. And of course, they have their children with us. And uh, we are delighted to have them uh, ministering here this weekend. She is one of our favorite preachers, and I don't just say that. I mean, she is up there. Every time I, I, we announce, like, Charlotte's coming, everybody gets so excited. So I won't take up any more time. I want you to welcome with me to our, our platform to preach today, Charlotte Gamble. Can you welcome her to River Valley? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey. Hey, hey. Well, it's so good to be here, and I didn't say you could sit down, so you have to stand back up. (laughs) I'm going to stand in heels for the next 30 minutes, so you can stand for another three, okay? The English have landed, and they're quite bossy, as you can tell, but it's a privilege for us to be here. Actually, we weren't supposed to be here until tomorrow evening. We had a four-day vacation planned in Disney, and then they reached out and said, you don't think you could come a little earlier and do the church, too? And so we thought about it, and we canceled one of our Disney days, and we felt, you know what, God doesn't need us in the Magic Kingdom an extra day. He needs us to come and build the kingdom, and so we're glad to be with you all weekend. And honestly, I said just in the service before you got here that, you know, I don't think it's by accident that that happened, that we rearranged. I I pray that this word is a word into the heart of your church. I pray it's seed that actually, because I'm a local church builder, And so I've not come to entertain you or to impress you. I've come to help you build. That's the heart of Steve and I and our family. We love your pastors. We love this house. And I've been coming here many, many years. And I pray that every time I come, I get to help add a brick to what you're already doing. And so I'm about to open the Word of God, not as a stranger, not as a visitor, as a friend. And you know, God tells your friends things to help you. So I think God's given me something to share because I'm your friend and you're God's friend. And I pray this helps you. But it will only be as helpful as wide as your heart is open. There's nothing wrong with the seed of God's Word. But often our soil is just a little distracted. Sometimes it's just a little weary. Sometimes it's just a little busy. So I just want you to stay on your feet just while we pray. Because in this moment, we're praying over the soil in your heart. Some of you need to hear God right now for a situation you're in. And God wants to speak into it, but you have to make room to hear Him. So God, we just seize a moment. God, there are so many people that can't do what we're doing right now. People that would be persecuted if they met under Your name. But we in the West, we're free. We're free to come. We're free to listen. We're free to grow. We're free to learn. But also with that freedom comes great responsibility. So God, I pray the responsibility of these next few moments would rest on us all. To actually not just be hearers of the Word, but doers of the Word. To actually not just receive a seed, but actually let it be planted in our life to build a harvest for Your Kingdom. God, I pray right now for every situation, that is in people's lives right now that they are aware and mindful of, I pray that right now in this moment, they would lay it aside and leave room for you, God, to speak. So God, I pray I get out of the way so that you can have your way. In Jesus' name, amen amen and amen. You may now take your seats. I think when you do church week in, week out, I'm a local church girl and been in the same church all my life. I think when you do anything regularly, you need to remind yourself why you're here. You're not here to keep the pastor happy, though I'm sure he's happy you're here. You're not here to get a tick from God in the register and then you go and get a tick in your golf club register or your whatever other register. This is not part of your calendar of what you have to do to get into heaven. This should actually be something that you realize without this, there's such a void in my life. This actually adds into my life, something that I never wanna forget. And so I wanna remind you in the time that I have of something that God spoke to me about recently that took me back to why I do what I do. And maybe in these next few moments, God's gonna address in you afresh why you're here, why you're in this church, why you are a believer, why you are serving God, it's good to go back to the why because then it reignites what we are doing. It gives new passion. See, many of you will have had passion and turned up and gone the extra mile, I am sure, last weekend because it's Easter and this is the big why of the church. But you know what? Just as great as Easter is, this Sunday is just as great. This Saturday is just as great. This weekend is just as necessary because we have a job to do. And if we think it's about two events in the diary, Christmas and Easter, we have lost the reason why we are here and why you have something right now you should be contributing because God needs you to engage again with the plan of your life. And so if you signed up last week and signed off, again this week, the good news for you, or maybe the bad news is I am to let you know you are not unemployed until next Christmas. You are fully employed all year round. There is no unemployment in God's house. Everybody has a job to do. It's just some of us have forgotten to show up for work. So I'm here to remind you of that. A few months ago, I was uh, asleep. And often God will speak to me when I'm sleeping because that's when my mouth is closed. <laughs> God's like, she's quiet. Now I can get a word in. And so I guess it was one of those occasions where God was like, I need to say something to her, but she probably won't listen because she's too busy and too distracted. And, and God woke me in the night with a, with a random question. It was a weird question. And I was asked this question. And so I'm now gonna ask you the question God asked me and you're gonna to have to think about it as I talk. And then by the end of the service, I'll ask you it again and hopefully you'll begin to begin to answer it. And the question God asked me was this, Charlotte, who are you in line for? I wrote it down because it was such a random question. I was like, God, are you sure this is you? It wasn't the cheese on the pizza. This is a weird question. Who are you in line for? And because I was tired and I wanted to go back to sleep, I wrote it down and thought, I'll think about that in the morning. And so the next morning when I got up, I began to pray and say, God, what do you mean? What was this question about? What are you asking me? Because the fact is in the natural, I do not lining up for anything. Did anybody want to amen me with that? I mean, no one wants to get in a line for anything. We live in a world where we are trying to bypass lines all the time. We don't wanna line up for our groceries. We don't wanna line up for the doctors. We don't wanna line up for the dentist. We wanna be seen when our appointment is and not delayed. We don't wanna line up for our food. We just wanna drive by a window and have it thrown in the window. We don't wanna line up for anything and God forbid we would get on a telephone and end up in an automated line. Hello where you realize not one human being works in this company. Everything is a robot. We don't like being in line. Our human nature, it gets impatient. We want to get out of line. We have got things to do, places to go, and yet God was asking me, not just was I in line, but who I was in line for. I was in Disney, as I said, just recently, and this revisited me all over again, this awareness of lining up, because Disney have understood that people don't like being in lines, and yet they have rides, and in order to get on the ride, you're going to have to stand in line, and so they try to make the line entertaining, and they try to give you things to distract you, but then what they have now done is they've created two lines. And so there is the line that you get in with your family and your friends and you go to get on the, li- on the ride together, but then there is another option. To the left of that line, there is a secondary line, and this is called the single rider line. And the concept is, if you are willing to ditch your family, if you're willing to say see you later to your friends. You can ride this ride all by yourself faster and quicker than going with the group. And many people, when they get to the left and right options, say, see ya at the end and go and have the experience now without the people that they came to the park with. And I think in our church world and in our spiritual world, if we're not careful, we can begin to create the same two line system. We have the line where we're in this together, we're doing this together, we're praying for our city together, we've got a National Day of Prayer together, we've got the UNITE conference together, we create these lines where we're going to do this together, but then sometimes we think, well is there a quicker way I can get that result? Is there a faster way I can ride this experience? Is there a shortcut I can take so that I actually get the, the thrill of it without the impatience of it? Is there somewhere where I can get a single rider experience and the end? he loves to create single rider options because every time you take the single rider option you leave the group that God wanted you to connect to you leave the family that God wanted to plant you into you leave the people that God wanted you to submit to and you begin to go off on your own pursuing things on your own and now no one is around you in times when you are vulnerable you look around but you chose to get out of the line and take a single rider option so beware How the enemy begins to tempt us with our impatience and our frustration and begins to tell us that we were not made to get in lines. We were not destined to be in line. But God needs us to find a new appreciation of what lining up looks like. It does not look like the frustrating line in the grocery store. God's lines look like you and I standing in line for others that can't get in line by themselves. The Bible is full of examples when it says throughout scripture, time after time, they brought to Jesus. They brought to Jesus the sick and the lame. They brought to Jesus the confused and the isolated. They brought to Jesus the broken and the paralyzed. What is it saying? Someone, somewhere made a decision. I'm going to see Jesus today, but I am not going alone. I am not just going for my benefit. I'm not just going for my word. I'm not just going for my blessing. I'm going to get in line and I'm going to take someone with me. That is the heartbeat of what God wants inside every single one of us. And I am sure on Easter Sunday, many of you brought someone in the line with you. But my challenge to you is, who did you bring this Saturday? Uh, Because that's the reality that we have to get to the place where we realize, I don't go to church just for me. I don't go to service just for me. I go to get in line and bring more people that can find Jesus like I found Jesus. The why behind the what? Esther, a young woman, terrified of what looked like a, a daunting task of going to ask, for the people to be spared. She got up and she's like, I don't want to get in line for my people. I don't even know how to get in line for my people. I'm just a girl. But she knew she had an opportunity to stand up and get in line on behalf of her people. And she said these words, if I perish, I perish. Standing up for others is not often something we want to do because it requires courage. But God is looking for the Esthers, for the Davids, for those that are willing to stand up and get in line, not just for their own comfort, but for the benefit of those around them. That's our job. We are called to get in line. Who are you in line for? When we had children, this came home to me at a whole nother level because the arrival of our children meant that I now, as a parent, would get in lines that had no benefit to me whatsoever. I mean, it's one thing to get in a line for something you want, but it's another thing to stand in line for something that does not help you at all. I have stood in lines for hours to meet princesses that aren't even real princesses. I know she's a phony, I know she's not really Cinderella but the person holding my hand on the left has a dream in her heart to go and meet this person and therefore my child awakened a willingness in me to get in line for something of no benefit to me to see her dream become a realized. I've stood in line for hours. To meet a guy in a big red suit with a fake beard. I know he's not the real Santa Claus. I know that that is not his real belly. And I know he does not live in the North Pole. But I have still stood in line to meet him for the sake of the one on my left and on my right. See, God is asking you who's on your left and who's on your right and what line do you need to be willing to get in? so that they can have their dream realized. Some of you're like, well, I don't feel I need to go to the prayer thing because I'm all good, I'll pray from home. Yeah, but you're going to pray for those that God's asked you to get in line for. That's the reason you go pray. That's the reason you stand outside and pray. That's the reason why you go in your car and it's inconvenient, not for your own sake, but for the sake of the city that God has called you to reach. That's who you are in line for, it changes everything. So when God challenged me, Charlotte, who are you in line for? It was a time in my life when I had lots of opportunity. It was like a whole new wave of possibility and opportunity and so many exciting things I could say yes to and do. And I, I found that question sobering because I realized though I could say yes to many things, there were many things that would benefit no one but me. They weren't actually about the people on my left or the people on their right. They would become more of a single rider, I get the thrill, I get to loop the loop option. And sometimes God lets you do that as a treat. But if you're making lifestyle choices on that kind of agenda, you are missing the reason why God has you on the planet. And eventually you'll become nauseated from riding the ride consistently when God asked you to get in line for others instead. So I want to remind you of this whole concept. Who are you in line for? And here's one I want to suggest. Just three things I want to suggest that we should commit to be in the kingdom of God. Number one is we should be line starters. We should start new lines. I believe it's the job of the church to start new lines for those that no one else is gonna open a line for. Jesus came and opened lines for people that the, the religious would turn their back on. He came to open lines for people that others would ostracize from the community. He came to start new lines. He had eyes to see who has no one here to serve them, who has no one here to help them, who has no one here to hear them, and He would start a new line. I don't know if you're like me, but when I go to the grocery store, which is not very often because in England now you can do all your grocery shopping online, which if you don't like lines, you do. And so every now and again, I have to go to the grocery store in person. And I just have this knack, this, this, this habit of every time I choose to go to the grocery store, it's like everyone in the neighborhood got an email, Charlotte is going, show up. Because she'll really be annoyed. It's like the whole neighborhood decided to go to the store in the same exact hour. And not only that, but they decided to go with children in tow with them who were all on meltdown mode. Have you ever been to the grocery store at those moments? You're like, why does everyone have a screaming child? Why does everyone have a toddler on meltdown? I just want to buy my bananas and leave the store. Well, I get in the store and as I round the aisle and I see the chaos that is in front of me. As I see all of the people and all of the families on Meltdown, I realize we have a problem. There are not enough lines for the people. There are not enough people serving the customers. And so you have two options. Number one, you can be the kind of person who smiles sweetly, believes this is a patience test from Jesus, sings worship music in their heart, and just waits their turn. Or you can be like me who says, no, we need some leadership around here. And so I take my cart and I find someone in that store that has a uniform that matches the stores. And I go and find some young person, because you want to find the young person, not the grumpy old person, the young person, not that old people are grumpy, but you know they have less tolerance for people like me. Whereas young people, they're not used to me, so I'm ready to pounce. So I get the young unsuspecting person, I say, sir, to this young 18-year-old. Sir, today is the day for the greatness in you to be awakened. You may look at me a bit like you're looking at me. And I say, sir, I believe you have in you the potential to solve this problem. Look at all these people. Look at all these parents on frustration, meltdown mode. You and I, we are the answer to this problem now, let's go find someone with power. Let's go find someone with the ability to open a register. And he looks at me like, yes, you believe in me. No one in this believes in me, but you believe in me. And he begins to follow me. And we find a supervisor and we plead our case. And before long, we have a new line opened. And as I push my cart into the brand new line, all these customers begin to follow me with like this face that says, you are our hero. And I like, I know I am. Yes, I saved the day as they follow my lead. That's what we're supposed to do in the kingdom See the need and start a new line Because the potential is in you to open a new register I don't have all the answers You have Christ inside you I don't know what to do You have Christ inside you I don't know how to handle it You have Christ inside you Just start a line Hello When you meet a sick person, stop saying to them, oh, we have a healing meeting in three months' time. They might not be alive in three months' time. Start a line. I don't really know how this thing goes, but I'm pretty sure that the Bible says that I can pray for you. And if you believe, God can heal you. So let's just open a register now and see what happens. Let's start a line now and see what happens. Stop deferring things that God says it's in your eye line because I want you to open the line. Some of you are life group leaders. You just haven't started it yet. Some of you are kids pastors. You've just not volunteered yet. Some of you are kingdom builders. You've just not signed the check yet. Some of you are the next worship team members. You just not had the guts to say, I want to get involved yet. Some of you are the best hosts that this church will ever see, but you have not yet started the line. Get busy. And when you get in line for someone else at a weekend service, you're going to love coming for a whole nother reason. You're not going to care whether it's great preaching from your pastor or average from this chick from England. You're not going to care because you're not coming for that anymore. You're coming because you're in line for someone. You're in line to wave a car and you're in line to watch a child. You're in line to bless someone on the door. Who are you in line for? And if you're in line for no one, start a line. There was a woman in the Bible in Matthew 15 verse 21 and she came to Jesus and she said to him, Jesus, I need you to open a line. Jesus I need healing. Jesus is sickness in my family. Jesus I need you to help my daughter. She is demon possessed. The problem was she was a Canaanite woman and the disciples said this is not who Jesus came right now to open a line for. You're going to have to wait your turn. But she was persistent and she came back to Jesus. She says Jesus I know that but but even the even the dogs eat the crumbs under the table. She kept pushing, she kept persisting. And it says in verse 27 that Jesus turned to her and says, woman, you have such great faith that today I open a new line. Your request is granted. We need persistence that gets heaven to open new lines. We need persistence that gets a move of God to happen because we would not back down. We were like, God, I don't know where we are on your agenda. I don't know where Minneapolis registers on the scheme of things, but we are here to start a new line and we need you to show up because we've planned to be those that will get in line for others. God responds to that kind of faith. Start a line. If you're bored, start a line. Then you won't be bored anymore. Hello, church is boring. That's because you're boring. Church is not boring. It's not. I I know that there can be times when it's not as exciting, but the fact is, it's like you say, my home's boring. Well, guess who runs your home? So that means you must be boring. There's nothing boring about the house of God. It's our approach to the house of God. It's what we do in the house of God. I would be bored if I sat in the same seat every week and only spoke to the same three people every week, and came late and left early every week. But I wouldn't be bored if I was serving and seeing lives change and praying for people and getting involved and signing up. I would be less than bored. I'd be completely excited because I'm aware I am in line for this reason. Start a new line. If you need some excitement, sign up. Get involved, start a new line. Secondly, stay in line. Stay in line. Turn to the person next to you and say, stay in line. Stay in line. Some of you desperately need this word because you're about to make a really dumb choice. And you're about to make the dumb choice because you feel like I've just tried so hard and it's not worked. I've been in this marriage so long and it's not working. You know, these kids are driving. I'm gonna stop praying for my wayward teenager because I can't pray anymore. You know, I'm done with this opportunity that God gave me. I just feel it's not turning the corner it should. You know, the church is not everything I need it to be. So I'm gonna go look for something else. And you're about to make a decision to get out of line because impatience and boredom and lack of long-sightedness has kicked in. You know how many times I have been in those lines with my kids and they have said, I I I wanna get out of the line. But I know we only have five more minutes to go. They didn't ask me the first five minutes. They didn't ask me the first 15 minutes because the excitement was still there. But now we're 25 minutes in. They're like, now I want to leave the line. But they don't understand. You're 25 minutes closer to your breakthrough than you were 25 minutes ago. And if you leave now, you undo everything that it took you this long to do. Don't be a dummy. Stay in line. Hello. Stop looking for the single rider. It will not fulfill you. Right, right. Stay in line. Good, right. There's a guy in the Bible and he was tested on this issue. His name was Jairus. His story is found in Luke. And in Luke, this guy has a sick daughter. His daughter is really ill. She's 12 years of age. And so you know what Jairus does like any parent in here would do? He said, I don't have the answers. I don't know how to fix this, but I am willing for the sake of my sick child to go stand in line all day if I need to, because I'm aware I'm not in line for me. I'm not in line for my own healing. I'm in line for my kids' healing. When something like that is on you, you'll stay in line for a long time. I'm staying in line because my kid's sick. I'm praying again because my kid's sick. I'm praying again for a breakthrough. So he stood there all day. And I'm sure it was hot. I'm sure it was uncomfortable. And I'm sure there were moments in that line where it was like, I'm done. I want to get out of the line. But he stayed in line. Finally, it's his turn. Jesus gets to him. He eyeballs Jairus. He says, what do you need? And Jairus is just beginning to get off his lips. The words, my daughter is sick and she needs healing. And guess what? In that exact moment, a line jumper shows up. Hello? Anyone else not like line jumpers? Okay, the rest of you liars. Nobody likes a line jumper. Someone that cuts in on you on the traffic, cuts in on you on the TSA pre-check, cuts in on you in the, in the airport, cuts in on you in the ground. We don't like it when someone jumps in front of us. We feel somehow that was unjust. Don't you know I was here longer? I earned this spot. We don't like it when someone gets the appreciation we feel we work for. We don't like it when the pastor notices someone that seems to have been around five minutes when you've been around 15 years. We don't like it when someone gets the promotion we thought we should have got. We begin to tell God all the reasons why we should get out of line. And Jairus is in line and it's just his moment. And as it's just his moment, he has eye contact with Jesus. It says that all of a sudden Jesus turns around, takes his eyes off Jairus and says, who touched me? See, a line jumper had shown up, but no one saw her coming. She was a woman with an issue of blood and she crawled on her hands and knees through the crowd that day. So desperate for her miracle. And she touched his cloak just at the moment that Jairus had made eye contact. And the Bible says in Luke that he turned around and began to look for the one that had touched him. But here's how the enemy works. Because if that doesn't get you out of the line straight away, which for most of us it does, the fact we feel, I just was overlooked again. You know what, I'm offended. You know what, you just turned around at the moment when I was trying to express something to you. That would get most of us. But the enemy knows right at the lowest point where you're most disappointed, most wanna quit, most wanna leave the line. Most feel like, what does it matter? He knows exactly what to whisper in your ear. And at that exact moment, this is what gets whispered in Jairus' ear by his staff. While Jesus was speaking to the woman, verse 49, someone from the house of Jairus came to him and says, hey, your daughter is dead. So don't bother the teacher anymore. Get out of line. It's too late. You missed your moment. Get out of line. Some of you are right there. There's no point being around anymore. No one even listens to you. You know what, this new generation, they've taken over the church, there's no place for you. Get out of line. Go play golf instead, do something else. Get out of line. You know what, it, it, you know, it's not your turn anymore. Get out of line. Whatever it looks like, you know what? The marriage, is just, there's no hope. Get out of line. And that enemy whispers at those moments, you know what? Your daughter's dead, forget it. But here's what God says. Here's what Jesus turned around in that exact moment. It's like he knew exactly what was going on and he swivels back around and he says this to Jairus. Oi, Do not be afraid, just believe she will be healed. Jesus is like, who do you want to believe right now? One person's going to undo all this work and the other is telling you, stay in line. Stay in line. I am a faithful God. Here's what we have to allow for. God's perspective is entirely different than ours. Jairus had a 12-year-old daughter that was sick. Jairus was in line on behalf of his daughter, but what Jesus knew is this woman has been sick for 12 years. She's not 12 and sick. For 12 entire years, she's been sick, and here's what Jesus knew. Jairus, you're in line for your daughter. There's no one that will get in line for this woman. She's had to crawl on her hands and her knees to come here today. So Jairus, if you don't mind, stay in line because your daughter will be healed. But right now, so will she. Don't get mad at someone else's miracle. It does not mean your own isn't coming. But God is the God who can do a miracle for them and a miracle for you. But you will never see your miracle if you get out of line. Stay in line. And finally, time's gone. But one more thing I want to add. We all need to understand that we also have to cross the line. When you run a race, you don't run the race round and round and round with no finish line in sight. There is an end line that you're going to get across. And once you've crossed that line, you don't go back. There was a guy in the Bible who sat by a pool for his healing. Pool in Bethesda where he sat there to be healed for 38 years. And Jesus said, dude, what's your problem? And He said, I'm trying to get well, but no one will get me across this line and into the water. So Jesus said, you're healed today, but here's the thing. Jesus went back to that same man later on that day and He tracked him down. He said, there's something else I need to tell you. I'm glad you're healed, but I didn't just come to give you a temporary healing. I want you to get across a line forever in your life. And so he said this to him, now, go sin no more. Because if you keep sinning, something worse will happen and you will find yourself back in the same line. And some of you need to say this year, I am not going to keep repeating getting in the same line of depression, of despondency, of bitterness, of offense, I am going to cross a line this year in my commitment, in my word, in my attitude, in my temper. I don't know what it is, but some of you need to make a vow to your partner. We're gonna draw a line and this year I'm gonna get across it. And I'm letting you know, we're not repeating it next year. I'm gonna cross that line once and for all. If everyone has a picture of all these three in one, it is the picture of what we celebrated last weekend. Easter. Jesus came to start a new line for all people to find a way for freedom. He came to start a line for you and for you and for you. And then He stayed on that cross because He was staying in line until all that needed to be accomplished was accomplished. And then with His resurrection, He crossed a line and said, never again will they have to pay this price. Easter was a picture of who Jesus was in line for. He was in line for us. And now the weekend after Easter is a picture of what our responsibility is to get in line for others. So I end where I began. Who are you in line for? And if you can't think of anyone, that is the challenge you leave this meeting with. That is the work you have to do. Where do you need to stay in line? Where do you need to cross the line? going to ask us as we close to stand to our feet.